Good evening, everyone. You get this microphone on. All right. Um, so two weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, I got back from uh, the, the Super Bowl outreach in Las Vegas. Um, incredibly blessed to be supported by the church um, to go bring the gospel to thousands, tens of thousands of people um, at the Super Bowl. Uh, for the glory of God, really. Uh, as we look at these pictures, uh, you know, God is to be glorified. You know, I am not a big, bold man of the faith. I'm nothing apart from Christ. I'm a timid, um, simple-minded person. So let the Lord be glorified in all of this. Um, the, the organization I partnered with uh, and have worked with in previous events is Sports Fans Outreach International. Uh, they're based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. They've been around for probably 15, 20 years or so, and its uh, primary focus is uh, the open-air preaching and evangelism at uh, sporting events and other things like concerts and uh, basically anything that draws a big crowd, but we go to a lot of sporting events. Um, so that we, we, we've gone to Super this is my first Super Bowl with them, uh, and as you can see, this is the group that was there um, in Las Vegas, roughly 80 or so men, uh, a few women too. Um, from all over the country, uh, a lot of them have been doing this a long time. A lot of them are full-time evangelists, um, supported through their own ministry and churches and stuff. So there's a lot of wisdom, um, a lot of uh, great brothers there. Let me see if this... Turn it on. There we go. Oh, the fuzzy button. Maybe that's why it's there. <laughs> uh, so, so we have 80, 80 people. Um, the, you're broken into teams of about 10 or 12 or so. This is the group that I was with. Um, a good group of guys, mostly from kind of from the south, really, Texas. Uh, a few from Alabama, Kentucky. Um, a handful of those guys, like I mentioned, are, uh, are full-time evangelists. Uh, David Day, he's, a, he's full-time in Montgomery, um, that guy, he's full-time in Utah, and a couple others in, in Texas. Um, our accommodations, usually, we were, the Lord really did some great things uh, right from the get-go. Originally, we were supposed to stay in this, like, camp in a mount, you know, on top of a mountain in Las Vegas, but there was a really bad snowstorm. It's really remote, and the day before 80 people flew in there, uh, they're like, yep, we are canceling your plans. Uh, you will not be able to get up or down the mountain. But God and his providence had provided, and we were able to get an Airbnb. Normally, the accommodations are extremely modest. It's usually a church uh, on a cot in the ghetto. <laughs> but we were able to stay in a nice Airbnb, so that was awesome. Uh, so praise the Lord for that. Um, you could see, so basically, what we do is we went out, uh, got off the plane and went to the streets. Um, it's very, very organized. We'll have one guy preaching, we, and we rotate. Uh, one guy will preach while other guys are handing out tracts. A couple guys who uh, are good at engaging, uh, really, you know, really good at engaging people, will that will kind of be their mission. And we have a rotation, so there's constant open air preaching, and there is uh, tract distribution, conversations. Um, you get in Las Vegas in any of these events, events really, but especially Las Vegas, you get all kinds of stuff. Um, like you've got this, these Buddhist people who are handing out beads. Um, you got these people with signs, you know, that say things like Jesus uh, and stuff, but they they are 
I'll tell you more about them in a moment, but um, you have a lot of opposition from cults and stuff like that. Um, so, the example, that was one of the guys who's got a sign talking about Jesus, but um, he would really kind of get up there and try to distract people who were preaching. And, and, uh, and I know that because afterwards I had talked to him. I said, hey, you know, he kept trying to talk to the preacher. I said, hey, why don't we, you and I have a conversation about this because he was accusing us of saying uh, ungracious things, which, which weren't true. And uh, I said, you know, you're distracting the, the man preaching the gospel. He says, well, that's what I'm here for. So <laughs> he, uh, he, his looks were deceiving. Um, but we have a lot of, lot of opportunities to talk to people. This woman here, um, there's another guy, I think he's behind her, but we were uh, asking her, you know, what she believes. Uh, we were to clearly share the gospel, um, answer objections, all kinds of good stuff, called her to repent, called her to believe. Um, you know, more conversations one-on-one. It's very busy. This was right on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, people come, like, right next to the entrance of a casino, uh, restaurants and all that. You see the palm trees. It was actually freezing cold, so don't let the palm trees <laughs> deceive you. Um, again, um, this brother, this was a, a homeless man. A lot of people, you get hordes, hordes of people walking by, but the Lord will stop some people um, and really give us the opportunity uh, to share the gospel with him. This man was, was homeless, um, broken, and uh, uh, Brother David Day was really able to uh, proclaim Christ to him, pray with him, uh, give him tracts, love on him. Again, we've got crosswalks, so you have, we had to really use our time wisely and kind of go in rotations of, of preaching. So you've got, um, so this is a crosswalk back here, cars pass here. And when they can't, the people just kind of pile up over here and over here going that direction. Um, so you really kind of have a captive audience for about a minute or two until they cross. And then they cross and they come closer and, you, and they're all right there. And, you know, you try to share the gospel as clear as possible, uh, succinctly, so uh, while they're right there. Um, and again, just kind of give you an idea of the crowds, tons of people. Um, from all different walks of life, all all over the country. Again, another another picture kind of gives you an idea of how the layout was. Um, we had you can't really see it, but um, usually right around right there or right over here, we'll have someone with a speaker amplification um, preaching while they're all right there. They can't cross because of the, it's a crosswalk and there's crazy taxis that would fly in there. I can't believe no one got hit by a car. Um, but it made it great for preaching because someone would almost get hit, and you could be like, "See, you never know when you're gonna when you're gonna go." <laughs> God spared that you. God spared you. Repent and believe the gospel, bitch. Right here, death is right there. Not to make light of it or joke, but like it made it kind of easy. Yes. Okay. Good. Good question. Yeah. And please inter- interrupt with questions. Um, you're not interrupting. Please ask questions, Aaron. Yes. So this is. Um, Let's see, this would, was probably, this was leading up to it. This was probably Friday or Saturday. Uh, Friday and Saturday were the busiest days. Uh, and then, of course, Super Bowl Sunday was really busy, too. But um, this was on the main strip in, in Las Vegas before the Super Bowl, probably Friday, I think. Um, so, go on. We, like I mentioned, we, we encountered a lot of different cults and heretics. Um, these people... They are the black Hebrew Israelites. 
I don't know if you've heard of them. You don't see them a whole lot around here in this part of Alabama, but they're all across the country. Um, and they will believe, you know, they say that whether, unless you are African-American or black, um, Hispanic or Native American, uh, that you, that's your only, op- only those people from those different tribes, they'll say, um, are from Jacob and have the opportunity to be saved. Anyone else is of Esau and has no hope of salvation. So it's a, it's a heresy. I don't know all the details of it. Um, don't really care. When we deal with those people, we just we preach Christ to them. It is helpful to know where they're coming from so you can refute, but uh, we had, a, whoops, I don't know how to go back, but we had a couple guys in there speaking with them. They're usually, there we go, uh, they're usually pretty militant. As you can see, they got their goofy clothes on and their combat boots and stuff, and they scream into the microphone and try to d- make a scene. Um, but we withstood them. We were there two hours before them, and we stayed hours after them, um, because we have a real message of hope uh, that they were propagating a lie. Uh, Again, more more shots of the crowds. Las Vegas is kind of built for street preaching, if you could say such a thing. Very wide sidewalks. Here we are, we kind of set up here, stand on a little podium. Uh, Standing on a podium, not to draw attention to ourselves, but to literally just be a little higher than than be able to uh, project our voices with amplification. Um, so there is no, look at me, I'm, I'm on, on a, high, a high ivory tower looking down. Um, and you can see the, I did it again. But on the right, the guy in the purple, that they set up strategically right across from us with their speakers and stuff. Um, and you can see our, here, there's David. Uh, he's, ha- he's handing out tracks right in front of them, like right, right there. So he's very gentle, but also very bold. He's a good brother. The, the the black Hebrew Israelites, yep. Um, they 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 yes to people who could be saved, which are only Hispanics, Native Americans, and black people. No, they they if if you're not one of those races, they won't even talk to you. Yeah, if they do, they'll probably yell. Like if you're if we're sharing the gospel, they are very combative. Those guys weren't too bad, but there's been some that are pretty bad. Um. That's a, a good brother there that was with us, just reasoning with an, a guy on the street that God had stopped and uh, allowed him to hear the gospel. Uh, the the editing is not for me. I I robbed most of these pictures from some some friends. <laughs> uh, some of them are mine though. And then uh, this was a man. Right when we got there, we'd get out we'd get out on the streets about ten o'clock in the morning, um, and stay till probably around six or seven maybe. Um, this guy was here early, as right when we got there. He he was a uh, homeless, uh, dr- drug addicted. I'm par- partially convinced he, there was some demonic stuff going on. He was fine in that instance when we I was talking with him, but he would come back later on and just out of his mind, angry. He didn't get hostile with us. He was just um, like he didn't hit anyone, but he was just just strong like pulling at his face, he was really, there, you know, really some demonic things going on there. Uh, that, that stuff is real. Um, a lot, Anyways, so he was calm in that instance, and I was able to share the gospel with him, and other guys had talked to him too. Um, and again, you can kind of see how we were doing things. Someone's preaching. You know, he's handing out tracts. Uh, I'm trying to engage people in conversation. So it's really well organized. Uh, again, 
Another guy, one of the guys was saying, gospel preaching brings gospel conversations. Um, so we had a lot of good opportunities to, to, uh, to talk to people. It was great. And then afterwards, um, you know, this is at the house. It's just like, non- it's, it's awesome. It's like nonstop church. Like we wake up in the morning at 5 or 5.30 and we go to uh, this building, let us use their, their church um, to meet. So we would go in the morning and pray. There'd be two teaching sessions. We'd have a little breakfast and then go out and then we go evangelize all day and then we come out and hang out for a couple hours and then go to bed. And this is just kind of a, got back and some guys wanted to read Greek with each other. It's, it's, uh, you get a bunch of, some of these guys are Bible nerds and I love it. They just, it was cool. So just nonstop church is what I say. It was awesome. Um, and then another, these guys here, man and woman, sharing the gospel with this woman. And then, you can't really see him because he blends in with back over there, but um, you kind of just never know. Where, like this guy was walking, um, kind of like limping and, and really looked in rough shape, but you talk to these people and you can't, it's not enough just to say, hey, do you believe in God or hey, are you a Christian? Because a lot of people, especially around here, will say, uh, yes. Uh, I am, but the more you dig deep, you, you really can kind of unravel a lot of goofy beliefs, uh, wrong beliefs. Um, so being persistent and really getting to understand what people say they believe is essential. Um, he was a nice man, had some re- really incorrect beliefs, but I was able to um, just go into the Word of God with him and show him uh, what the Bible says about who God is and who he is and why he needs Christ. So that was Another good conversation there. Again, more of the, the Hebrew Israelites. Um, they got little things they hand out. And then this, another interaction. Um, this, this was really cool. And this is when it's a blessing to be, it was a blessing being around really seasoned evangelists. Um, this gentleman, Tom, um, he's been a full-time evangelist for probably 15 years. And this gentleman was very uh, up, upset, irate. He claimed to be John the Baptist incarnate, which was a little different. But eventually, you know, having a, you know, p- part about being an evangelist is, is having the qualif- is being elder qualified. And, and he could, it would have been easy to be quarrelsome. And Tom was not quarrelsome. He reasoned with him. Uh, he didn't let up any ground, but he reasoned with him in a gentle way, but a truthful way, in a firm way. And it, 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 what could have been a, a very belligerent encounter turned out to be a 20-minute conversation where, um, the John the Baptist impersonator uh, got to hear the gospel. He calmed down, and um, so that was that was an interesting one. And then again, just kind of preaching out. This gentleman here, uh, I was preaching, and God will just. A lot of times, most of the time, people are just walking by, and it's easy to get a little discouraged. Like, is anyone listening? But sometimes there's a few occasions where God would just stop people in their tracks. Like this gentleman here, stopped in the busyness and just listened. You know, he just listened for like five or ten minutes. Um, and I was actually able to like kind of preach directly to him once I realized this guy's just standing here with his eyes set up, set listening. Um, and uh, that's kind of it right there. He just was just listening. And, uh, you know, he was, we had guys talk to him, Travis, and a few guys later on talked to him for quite a while. And, um, you know, he had his struggles with things. But uh, he heard the gospel message the Lord gave him. I pray that the Lord gave them ears to hear. Most people walk right by and want nothing to do with you, 
But for whatever reason, the Lord had him stop and hear. So that was awesome. Uh, more just kind of what kind of looked like what we were doing. Again, some brothers reasoning, trying to reason with the, the Hebrew Israelites. Um, that's Will. He's really smart and really knows the Word of God, really good with apologetics. That was that lady in the beginning we were talking to. Um, this gentleman here was... So what's cool, different with Las Vegas, there's no beating around the bush when it comes to man's depravity. It's Sin City, and the vast majority of them are there to to gamble, to uh, engage in all kinds of wickedness. This man was was promoting wicked things, and we were able to confront that evil right there with the gospel. It it makes it easy for preaching because it's right there in their face, and you can say. You know, th- this is what the Word of God says about these things. Uh, that is n- not Elvis, but he was, he was not a nice, he was not nice. Uh, kind of an interesting retirement plan there, but. <laughs> but we tried to talk to him. We told him there's no king but Christ. Um, this was Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and this is a, where we set up, is this, this whole road back here. Um, was it was basically people would where they were staying in the casinos and the big hotels they'd walk um kind of this way to get to the stadium and uh so it was a non-stop rush it was great and uh we were at a that's uh joshua i mean he was we were at a uh, intersection street intersection and then yep that's another shot we're not really supposed to stand on these things but sometimes we do when it gets kind of busy, again, just calling out. This was, like I said, every morning we had uh, teaching um, from different guys, seasoned evangelists. Uh, kind of, There's kind of a theme every year. Again, this is my first year, but the theme this year was um, the role of an evangelist in the church. And so, some would argue as, a, as a, posi- like a, a position in the church and just how elders are to evangelize and how laymen are to evangelize. So it was, it was good, especially hearing from guys who, um, who've been doing it for a long time, take the word of God seriously. So it was, that was a blessing. More shots. It seems like, again, we're staying at this like ritzy, glamorous place. It was supposed to be a little old camp in the mountains, but the Lord, uh, in his providence pulled it all together within, um, 12 hours. The guy who runs the, the, the ministries, he's got the gift of administration, uh, Bill Adams, and, and so the Lord really, through him, we were able to get a lot figured out. But yeah, that's more of the teaching, another guy. And then, um, so this was on Super Bowl Sunday, and this is kind of a good snapshot of what we were doing. You know, everyone, everyone is idolizing something in these cities, whether it's, it's, whether it's um, football or money or partying or whatever. All of this, all these little gods that these people worship, and we were able to to go there and to destroy these idols and to combat all of these things with the word of God, the word of truth. Um, again, something I pro- don't think we were allowed to stand on, but we did it anyways. And then this, so these these pictures, um, this is actually stuff in Huntsville. Um, I added a few of these in here. Um, you know, like I said in the beginning, sharing Christ, and I, and I, I, I want to do this 
to encourage you guys to really, uh, coming up here and showing this stuff is to encourage people to go out and share the gospel. Go out and evangelize. Tell people what Christ has done to save sinners. Okay? You don't have to be an ivory tower scholar who knows every little piece of theology. I, I don't. I don't. Know the gospel. I'd say know the gospel so you can explain it. Care for the lost. Motivate your, you know, be motivated because you love your neighbor and your neighbors are going to hell unless they repent and, and believe the gospel, guys. You don't have to be this big, grandiose person to go out there and hand someone a gospel track or, you know, preach on the sidewalk or even just read the Bible. Some guys who aren't quite, who don't really want to preach just yet, newer guys, will just read the Bible on John 3 or something, Ephesians 2. Um, you know, I, I, I encourage you guys, really think about it. The va- we live in, a, in kind of an isolated bubble in North Alabama, and, pr- and praise the Lord, because there is wickedness all around this country, and it's, it's even here, you just don't see it in our faces as much. But, but people are going to hell. It's real. These people, every, every night, you know, you get in the hustle and bustle, and sometimes it's frustrating with this wickedness you see all the time, but, but at the end of the day, it's somber because these people are going to burn in hell unless they believe the gospel, unless they turn from their sins and believe that Jesus is God and he came to save sinners, okay? So, you know, I try to go out once a week or one, you know, every two weeks. If you want to come out, Seth's come out with me a handful of times, Philip. Um, you don't have to preach. You can hand out gospel tracts. Or even on your own. Sometimes Mallory and Trent and I will go to Target. You know, we say we're going behind enemy lines to Target. <laughs> and we'll just, we'll just put little tracts, you know, on, 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 uh, um, on the shelves and stuff. But anyway, so this is stuff in Huntsville. This is kind of what local evangelism looks like for us. That, this is at a Huntsville Habit game. You get there early enough, people kind of line up outside the, outside the glass doors. Um, this was a couple days ago. That's an awesome speaker that Brother Kevin Means made by scratch. He's, he's a gifted brother. Um, that, that's a, his name is Eric. He goes to a different church, but he's a good brother. And then uh, that's Pastor Eric. Um, we were at a, a drag queen show or something like that last summer um, at, at the Mars Hill Music Center. Pre- he was preaching, and uh, we were handing out tracks and stuff. Uh, this was in Florence. Um, there's plenty of opportunities to get out there and tell people about Christ. Um, I don't remember where this is. Von Braun Center. That says Von Braun right there, so that must be in Huntsville. Oh, this was the Christmas tree, the Tinsel Trail in, um, during, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Awesome opportunity. We handed out probably 1,000 tracks in that month, honestly. I think between all the guys I've been out there with, probably handed out 1,000 tracks. Little paper missionaries, as some like to say. And we also had a lot of preaching. So again, right in our own backyard, guys, there are great opportunities to tell people about Christ. Um, and that's Seth giving the horse a gospel tract. And then this is in Nashville. We were at a, uh, we were at a uh, college football thing a couple months ago. I think, I think that's it. Yep, that's it. But, um, you know, it, did someone have a question? Yes, that's it. Um, you know, it, it is a blessing. It was a blessing to be able to go, be supported to go do this and to tell people about Christ, to call sinners to repent. 
And it's not that way in a lot of churches. We are blessed to be in a church where our elders want the gospel is a big deal. It's a goofy thing to say in a church. The gospel is a big deal. And it's seen in the preaching here at New Life. And it's seen in application. David's been out with me. Brother Eric's been out with me um, to go out there and tell the masses about who God is, who they are, and what Christ has done to save sinners. So it is, um, it's actually kind of rare. Open-air preaching is kind of rare, um, especially among a lot of leaders in churches. So to have uh, a pastor and an elder who encourage, support, and get involved with open-air preaching and evangelism is, is, uh, is magnificent. It is, it's beautiful. And it's, unfortunately, it's not that way in a lot of churches in America. Um, a lot of people ask, and I thought this too, you know, we all have this stereotypical uh, thing in the back of our minds about an open-air preacher. He's that angry guy who's telling everyone that God's going to take him out, you know, this angry guy with a speaker and a microphone. And yeah, there is some of that, but that's, that's, uh, that's not always the case. Um, and open-air preaching in America, like I said, is rare. It, it's got a stereotype and a stigma, but when we look in Scripture, what did Jesus do? What did he commission his disciples to do? What did he commission the church to do? To go and tell about Jesus Christ, to go preach the gospel. You know, evangelism is not um, giving out free hugs. Evangelism is not be somebody's best friend for 10 years and then maybe share the gospel with them. Evangelism is telling people about Jesus Christ and that he is God, and that he has come to save sinners. So we go out there, we preach Christ crucified. We preach that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and was buried and rose on the third day according to the scriptures, and was seen alive by many. And that God has created all things. He's created all things, and he sustains all things. And in the men's Bible study, uh, and there we were, we were in Hebrews, and we were talking about, uh, we got on talking about creation and how intricate and complex uh, cre- creation is and how he sustains all things. And of all creation, God created man in his image. You bear the image of God, and he sustains you. And he allows your lungs to take in air, and he allows your heart to beat. And this is what we tell people. And we tell them that this God who created all things and sustains you is calling all men everywhere to repent and to believe the gospel. Jesus came onto the scene in his public ministry saying what? What what were the first things he was saying in his ministry when he got out? Right. It's not, hey, I'm here to fix your bad hair day. It's not, I'm here to um, give you a Mercedes and to have your best life. It's not. It's repent and believe the gospel because you and I are born in sin. We have all fallen short of God's glory. Every single one of us have a sinful nature that we inherited from Adam. We are hostile towards God. We are at enmity with God. We are enemies of God. And God does not take sin lightly. He does not. He is not a God who lets a bunch of. Uh, People escape into the back door of heaven. That's not who he is. And he never has been. He never will be. And, and you know, some of this sounds rough, but this is what the Word of God says about sin. It says, um, I've got a few more minutes. It says, 
In Psalm chapter 5, evil does not sojourn with him. He hates all workers of iniquity. Jump a couple pages in, in, chap, in Psalm chapter 7. It says that he has indignation every day. If a man does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. His bow is bent. He has prepared for himself deadly weapons with arrows, with fiery shafts, friends. This, isn't, this is hellfire and brimstone because God is holy and righteous and he will not turn a blind eye to your sin. But is that it? Is that all God is? A wicked, evil tyrant? What God, it says that God is gracious and compassionate, abounding in loving kindness and truth. It says that he forgives sin, transgression, and iniquity, and he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. So your sin will be dealt with. Our sin will be dealt with. And it will either be poured out upon us for eternity in hell, thrown into the lake of fire, or your sin will be put on Christ. But you must repent and believe the gospel. That's what he says. God commands all men to repent. That is to turn away, do an about face, turn from the things that God hates, turn to the things that God loves, as one preacher said. It's having a change of mind. It's turning from your sin and wickedness, and it's turning to Jesus Christ who is God, who has, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through his perfect life, his death, burial, and resurrection, you can have forgiveness. It's turning to him for forgiveness. That's what you need. You need we need peace with God. If you are outside of Christ, and your life is a mess, and you think everything's going to be much better, if you have you know, your bills paid, and, and, and you know, this car or this promotion, no, you, you think, we think we need peace everywhere. We need peace with God. And you, most of us have peace with God, praise the Lord, but not all of us do, okay? There's people in this church, in our families, and in the communities, the grocery store, everywhere. You will run into more people who don't know Christ and who don't have peace with God this week, most likely, adults, than you, do who, who, than you will who, who do. So this, this is the urgency, guys. The, the urgency is to go and tell people that what God has done in love, right? We talked about these hard things about how his bow is bent, if man does not repent, all you know, that's, that's true, okay? But in love, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, fully God, fully man. And Jesus Christ fully obeyed the will of the Father. He not one time sinned. He not one time had a sinful thought, attitude, or action. Perfect moral perfection to the T, obeying the law of God, fulfilling the law of God. The type of perfection that God demands that you and I are not capable of. And he died a substitutionary, wrath-appeasing death on the cross for his people, for those who would come to him in faith and repentance. So when you, you, the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, turn from your sins, believe that Jesus Christ is God, that it, the only way for salvation is through Christ. Now, so the motivation, okay, does, does, does open-air pre I only got a couple minutes. Um, does open-air preaching work? Is open-air preaching effective? And um, is evangelism, what we do, confronting it, not beating around the bush about this stuff, is this stuff effective? Well, let's break that question down a little bit. It, what are we doing when you're rightly 
preaching the word of God. You're sharing the gospel. What is the power of God of salvation? The gospel is the power of God of salvation. That's what we're doing. So is open air. Don't, no one listens to you. That's not for today. No. If you are going out preaching the gospel, if you are going and telling someone, and you don't have to be on a, on a sidewalk with a microphone. You tell your friend in class what Christ has done to save sinners. That will not be returned void. God is, God's gospel and his word is never returned void. It will e- God will either use it to save them or it will be further condemnation on them. But the Lord's, the, the, the gospel is the power of God is salvation. So let me just read this last text, okay? Um, and, and you don't have to flip there. I'll just read it real quick. Romans chapter 10, um, verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man, the man who, does, who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will go up to heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will go down to the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near to you in, the, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you can hear this, when, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, leading to righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, leading to salvation. Okay. For Scripture says, whoever believes upon him will not be ashamed. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord is the Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. Verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, why do we go in the public? Why do we preach Christ? Why do we preach the gospel? Verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him who they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim the good news of, and, um, of good things. Proclaim good news of good things. So that is it, guys. That is why God calls us to share the gospel with people. No one's going to get saved they, unless they hear the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. We run into people constantly in America who want to dumb down things because the gospel's offensive. You're telling someone they are not good enough to go to heaven. In fact, you're telling them that they are damned and they're condemned. But you're telling them that God in love has done what you couldn't by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the sin debt that you owe, that you could not pay yourself. And he was buried took the wrath of God, was buried, rose from the grave, was seen alive by many. He was raised for our justification, proving he is the Son of God, defeating sin. So, be encouraged, guys. Be encouraged. You can do it. You don't have to be. You can you could share the gospel. This It's that simple. We hear, Pastor Eric, simple as 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said the, the thing of most importance that he told them in Corinth was that Christ died for, the, for our sins according to the uh, Christ died for our sins according to the scripture was buried and rose on the third day according to the scriptures. Okay? Know it. Believe it. Tell people about it. If you're interested in evangelism let's go. Alright? Love you guys. I am so grateful to have had that opportunity to go to Las Vegas and, um, and so many other things that I'm blessed with through New life, so. Anyone have any questions? We went over five minutes. I thought I was only going to be up here for ten, but that went quick. Anyone have any questions?
It's all good. All right. Love you guys. Appreciate it. I can close this out in prayer if that's yeah, all right. That'd be great. Anyone have any announcements or anything? We kind of already asked that. Yep. That's, that's we good? All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ, God. We thank you that you have sent your son to save sinners, God. Thank you for using the foolishness of preaching, Father. We thank you for oh, that the power is in your word, Lord. It's not in a man uh, uh, like myself or anyone here, Lord, but it's in the man, Jesus Christ, Father. I pray, God, that we would go forth this week, Lord, loving you and loving our neighbor and telling them about Christ, Father. We pray that your name would be glorified in everything we do, think, and say, God. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.